You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Don't go anywhere, because you're listening to a podcast. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. What do we talk about, John? We talk about POTUS the Masquerade. We talk about Mr. Robot. We talk about Jimmy and my Scientology movie. And then we talk about Hook. We talk about the horror movie Don't Breathe. And we finish it off with a discussion about the new Ghostbusters. We pretty much only talk about movies. This is a very special movie episode of the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Enjoy the show! I have a question. Okay. It's uh, going to be politics. We're playing Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. It is politics. <laughs> so we're playing Vampire the Masquerade. <clears throat> and if you, listener, I, don't, I mean, we have like 20 listeners, and I feel they've all played Vampire, Vampire. the Masquerade. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a listener who doesn't know what it you is. You have 20 listeners? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> At least. Minimum. Bare well, minimum. Hold on, hold on. Let's be fair. 20 people's iTunes automatically download the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's really not the same thing. Calling them listeners uh-huh. might be a bit of an exaggeration. Right. Uh, so if you're playing Vampire the Masquerade. Wait, are there like 20 guys who are holding someone hostage and the FBI is using us like on their giant subwoofers? Well, that is seven? a thing that is happening, yes. But no. in that case, that's more than 20 people. Right, because there's the FBI agent. I feel like oh, those, guys, those guys have earplugs in. Got <laughs> <laughs> those big orange head muffs. Thing. Okay, we're playing uh, vampire. So if you're playing Vampire the Masquerade, <laughs> where they just surrendered, <laughs> <laughs> and you had a character like it's a game of like political intrigue and like subterfuge and like pushing forward your agenda, and everybody is complete. Ju- it's like ju- it's like a system for political scheming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like there's, and, there's and one side of it. Completely that. immoral yeah. too. Right. Right. Like it's just. I don't like, know if immoral, amoral. Amoral, that's what yeah. I said, amoral. Like, th- there's just, morality just doesn't really play into it. It's mm. just self-serving, whatever, and... Or if it does, you're playing to lose. P- pretty much, yeah. Mm. And if someone is just, like, completely open about all of their plans and all of their schemes mm-hmm. at all times to everyone, they basically just don't succeed at the game. Well, I'm, I'm less scared of that guy than I am the one who is Secretary of State and has been part of the system for 30 years and doesn't say anything and you don't but know what's going then, on. But then they're, but they're bad at playing vampire. And the thing is that there's like, you know... Yeah, but I would rather someone bad at playing vampire be the prince because then things are going to be more okay for me. But then how are you going to do against, like, other cities? <laughs> Terribly. Like, well, that guy needs to go and talk to all the other people in the world who are still playing vampire, yeah, but and he's bad at the I'm, game. I'm prepared to suffer four years of, like, incompetence over four years of, uh, like, cruelty. <sighs> I, be- I, 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 I feel that it's a massive... Massive gamble on your part, assuming that there isn't going to be any war or cruelty under the guy who's like, you know, you deal with terrorists, go after their families. Yeah, but when what? You, when when you when you have like one candidate who has already done those things and one candidate who has not, I, like I, I just I, I. So you're you're like you're basically hoping, like, like it's just like this is the part that boggles my mind is that okay. like you're hoping that the guy who admittedly hasn't had a chance to do any war crimes because yeah. you know hasn't had the platform right. to do war crimes right. but is openly sexist and racist yes and uh, idiot yeah won't do the war crimes uh, the thing like is, as because he just hasn't and, had a chance uh, to and the whole thing with for only four years yeah they're, they're saying there's at least guaranteed one and at least 
probably two more Supreme Court seat justice seats opening. Yes. During the next yeah, that's scary. presidential cycle. Yeah, that's yeah. scary. So we're talking uh, like policymakers for American law for the next 30 years. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like they're picking younger and younger people there to yeah. keep them there forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you might just have like a pageant. <clears throat> a yeah, Supreme I, Court pageant. And, and Trump did say if he was given the choice for Justice Scalia's seat, he would try to pick someone exactly like him. Which is someone who's voted against Planned Parenthood and yeah, abortion yeah. rights and women's rights to choose every single opportunity he's had since he's been I'm, nominated. The thing is, I'm prepared to suffer a lot, a lot in exchange for no wars. Yeah, but but, the, but you know, you're in exchange for the, the possibility. Yeah, yeah, the possibility of less wars. Yeah, exactly. Which because we like, don't you, know. you don't know exactly. Yeah. That's it. It's like it's like you're just you're playing a card and hoping it's going to go okay. Look, a big part of this, right, was was definitely stopping our friend circle from having literally no voices about it, circle jerking over what a dumbass he is all day long. And like, so you're whatever. like, I need to defend the creepy billionaire. No, I just need to have a <laughs> devil's advocate and have try, try to find a way to understand why he even has a chance. I a hundred percent understand why he has a chance. And it's the same reason why England exited the EU. <laughs> it's exactly that same yeah. reason. People are completely disenfranchised with the political system, and it's like just like almost a protest vote of being fed up. I completely, yeah. I completely understand yeah. why he's there. But guess what's going to happen? Just like Brexit, it sucked. And look, <laughs> and you know, well, it's like to be fair on Brexit, it hasn't mm. sucked yet. We don't know if well, it's going to. It might work out. It might be a gamble. Dropped and did not recover fully. Okay, right? like, but that's because nothing has happened with it yet, right? Like after they exit, it's not likely Britain's going to suffer. But maybe they won't. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I understand gambling when you're dealing with like your whole life of being disenfranchised with yeah, this two-party system, getting fucked up the ass, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican, and then there's some dude who's like not at all part of the system running against a career politician. Yeah. Like, even if he's a total idiot, he's a vote for change more than a vote for her is a vote for change. Yeah, but I just I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's let's politics. talk about movies. <laughs> we are, okay before we talk. Remember about when movies. we were a fun, dumb podcast about fun, <laughs> dumb shit? Anyway, suffice yeah. it to say, yeah, Mark Cooper. Okay, <laughs> I'm asking you, Mark, through the podcast. <laughs> how do you think that player would go? <laughs> Just you guys both DM'd. You both DM'd enough vampires. I was one of the core yeah. STs. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. And like those players don't make it far, man. They do not like. They might. They might make a big splash initially. Yeah, but, but then they get. Yeah, but then they get shanked in an alley. Or worse, <laughs> they become complete and total puppets from the really evil players. Yeah, that that is a darker side to things. But that like, is a and, and a, see, I was more of a shank the guy in the alley player than a, yeah. like a guy a puppet. I, w- I was a guy who was like asking the guy to shank someone in the alley. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like puppet princes are like the worst in ways. Like because then they're like they they're in way over their head, and the people pulling the strings are the thing, like man, not accountable. I'll, I'll take I'll take an unknown over a sure thing I don't want. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a scary proposition. Can we talk about fun things? I I just. So hang on. No, no, no. Hold on. No, you <laughs> need to always get the last word. Listen, no, 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 if okay, you guys don't we, know this, we can we, we can talk about fun things, but it just okay. So it's Keith like, is not capable of letting anything go without say, having the last word. That's dude, what's happening every, right here. Every single one of our podcasts has five extra minutes of Keith talking. <laughs> after I just John and I leave. I just want to like remove this from politics and then just put this into into John's life choices, <sighs> okay. where it's like not actual life choices. Uh-huh. So behind door number one is a really ugly woman that you have to have sex with. Behind door number two is something you have to have sex with. So you're like, I'll take the unknown. 
Keith, I don't uh, like the misogyny of this. You just went full yeah. Trump here. Okay, you just went full Trump. A really ugly person that you have to have sex with. Why However, is, why is they could be ugly matter? on the inside. Maybe they're beautiful on the yeah, outside. I like ugly people. <laughs> I'm just saying, someone you find right, deplorable right, right, right. on <laughs> one side, and then behind door number two, something you have to have sex with. Alrighty. So, who saw a movie this week? I saw a TV show. I just need to talk about the TV shows okay, before we go into movies because we've all watched a bunch of movies. Yeah, uh, and I in the last two, two yeah. weeks, yep. uh, I watched all 22 episodes of Mr. Robot. The so first season, second season. First and second season, okay. fully up to date. Season so two I just finished. Only saw to the end of ago. season one, and right. I loved literally every second of it. <coughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Robot, do you know what Mr. Robot's about, Scott? Yeah, I'm eight episodes in. Okay. Eight episodes in, so you want to give us the, 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 the box notes? What's it about? If you're like, what's it say on the back of the DVD? There's a guy who's basically a sociopath, but not in a I'm going to go out and kill people Dexter kind of way. Right. Um, just in a I am unable to relate to human beings as my equals kind of way. Right. That's who fair. Who is sure. Uh, sure. basically a genius computer hacker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is also very lonely. And as they are. Works in a computer security firm. Yep. Until he does a whole bunch of crazy shit. And hacks the planet. Yeah. This is crucial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, tries to overthrow an Enron-type company. Yeah, like yeah. even even Aren't bigger. they called Evil Core? Well, or they're Evil Core. Core. E-Core, yeah. But he's, he, he says it like in the first episode. He's yeah, mentally yeah. brainwashed himself that every time he hears E-Core... He says evil core. So that's why even when so people... That's why everyone says evil, evil core. core. Except yeah. except when he's not in the room. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, if you're, if, if he's not in the room, they say, they say e-core? e-core to each other. That's amazing. If he's in the room, they say evil core. So like a, a big, big part of it is, I mean, he addresses, uh, he addresses the audience directly. Like you're literally his imaginary yeah, yeah, yeah. friend. And he starts to kind of have problems with that. And he's being like, what? What's up? And then he also has, I mean, like his line of like his sanity, I think, is even by episode eight. Pretty called heavily into question and a big. I thought that was you know. a core part of the story from the beginning. His yeah. like his like mental health. Yeah, because yeah. because he doesn't just hack Evil Core. He hacks every single person he meets. Yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and then kind of has I guess some sort of a his coworkers, his his therapist, his delivery man, his smoking hot girl hanging out next door always wants to bang him. Yeah, yeah. Or the drug one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Season two, so season one. Anyway, so like basically, I mean, they they obviously they hatch a plan to. Uh, so it starts Rami Malek and Christian Slater. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some other, a few people. other people you won't recognize, right? Yeah, but yeah. Christian Slater is the big one. Yeah, Christian Slater is. Uh, yeah, Christian Slater is the, the big character. Yeah. I'm, try- yeah. I'm trying to talk about this in like a, a spoiler-free way. Yeah, yeah. As possible, but it's kind of difficult. Uh, yeah, exactly. I I kind of even though it's supposedly set in like 2014 or 2015 or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I kind of feel that it's a little near future-ish. More like because like we don't have like it would be like if Enron and like Monsanto were one company is kind or of what, what was the gold were. company that like fucked everything up Goldman Sachs not Goldman Sachs but they're the ban- that's the bank but the um there was a company in the late 90s who like the whole huge industry melted down I'm gonna remember it in a couple minutes mm. carry on anyway but yeah exactly like I, we're not like it's just it's the the conglomerate like Ecor is just like a little bit bigger right yeah. like yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like they they make the TVs and they're the gas and they're the bank and they're like they're just like it's like it's like Time Warner Halliburton. Like yeah, but it's like if Time Warner Halliburton put their Time Warner Halliburton stamp on literally every business that they had, you know, so you always knew. Yeah. Disney. Yeah. yeah. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but 
like again, you like Disney and Disney banks. Yeah. You know, and then like you also take out your mortgage. The with Disney, Disney mutual funds. And you watch <laughs> Disney movies on your Disney brand TV. You know, like it's just like it's yeah. like I'm not saying that we're that far off. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like very near future. Yeah. Like it just there's like a, there's like a little bit to me, uh, kind of like a cyber cyberpunk undertone. Sure. Like sure, that's sure, just sure. a little bit futuristic in terms okay, of okay, the, like season two. Good. So season two. Oh man. Okay, so like <laughs> I'm so torn up about season two. So I'd, without giving any spoilers, there's um, there's kind of like a, a, a twist of like what is reality in, in the end of the first season. It's mm-hmm. just sort of like like what is in his head and what is actually going on, and those two things, and like how much do they line up, and you know right. do, do they line up, and like is he. The whole season kind of foreshadows that yeah, very exactly, heavily. Like, you see that's coming. Yeah. So season two, there's that thing. First of all, I feel that the writers had some, like, heavy, uh, like, like big shoes to fill in mm-hmm. terms of they were like, oh, we need to have a twist again. And Sam, Sam Esmail, series creator and runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the other thing, too, is almost like a e- series creator, showrunner, credited, I believe, as writer all the time. So he's always, like, the main writer, too. Wow. So it's not like yeah. a writer's room. And also directs most of the episode, too. Jesus. So that guy is, like, this is Mr. Robot. Show. Yeah, let's call him Mr. Robot. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. And that's deep into his thing. So I yeah. feel that he probably had to be like, okay, I need to like set something up. And there is a big, even like a bigger reality twist Neat. in season two. It does take a long time to get there, uh-huh. and I don't think it pays off as much as like, ouch, as much as you kind of hope because you're just sort of like, you're like, oh, okay, that's why. Like it's just like you're yeah. just sort of like like watching six episodes of something before something makes sense is yeah. a long. It's a lot of commitment to. You're kind of getting into True Detective season two territory <laughs> where you're just sort of like, okay, I get it. Like just keep going. And the same thing too, where I got like I started getting really really irritated with um a like a suspense device that they just were using constantly. Like it the last couple episodes like were infuriating me that they use this so much where it's like the dun 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 sound ca- mm-hmm. character opens a door like oh like zoom in on the character character's eyes are wide what are you doing here <laughs> cut away and you're like we'll come back to this in like an episode right like and i was like no like, like <laughs> i was like i was like you get to do that two or three times a season whatever sure. that's fine but like the last three four episodes of the of the season 2 it's happening every time and I'm like this isn't real suspense this is just not finishing a scene <laughs> like you know like that's not actually like I'm like yeah I want to know what's going on but not because like the pieces have been put together and I like I'm missing a one piece you're just literally not telling me what the character already knows like right. that character knows that information there isn't some crazy twist you just put the camera on okay. one way. Then. So past that, it's still it's is very, it worth getting through. It's very good. It's definitely worth uh, putting into it. I feel that um, they, like I said, it just it ran around a little bit more than the first season. It mm. was like lacking kind of the drive of the first season because like the hack is like yeah, driving yeah, yeah. the driving the first season. The forward. relationships, his thing, the yeah, exactly. Work, well, I, no, but that's it. But you're but you're also building towards a clear thing. Like, yeah. will they or won't they? literally Back hack the planet, planet. Yeah. like and that's like driving the first season forward season two is a lot more ambiguous in terms of like you're like eh, like mm-hmm. are, what is, what's kind of going on and it does kind of wrap up in the last like the last episode is like a two-parter so mm-hmm. like the last two episodes they kind of folk p- pull it in together and i read an interview with uh with sam esmail which he was saying that he had originally conceived of mr robot as a film mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like the first Sees, like first season would have been the first was act. The movie. Well, no, oh, fir- the first act. first act. Crazy. So he's like the second season was the second act. So he's like it was a lot of like 
rearranging the pieces for the climactic like finale. Yeah, so I don't know if he's planning right. only three seasons right. or whatever, but like in a movie that again that would make a little bit more sense. Where you're like in the middle of the movie, sure, you're the like, second Whoa. act is always a little slow. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. You're just kind of like okay, like they're like, "Whoa, I'm on board for this," and now it's like, now let's put the pieces <laughs> together and now push to the finale. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that might be kind of why it happens. Uh, yeah, but I mean a lot of the other characters get. Um, get a lot more kind of time to shine, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Like you find out that Darlene is like all the way as crazy as, uh, Elliot. I yep. was trying to remember Elliot. his, yeah, exactly. Like Darlene is just as crazy as Elliot, like, uh, Mobley and Trenton kind of get their pieces. They're the other hackers. Mm-hmm. Like Romero kind of gets an episode, you That's know, the, like, the, the black hacker, yeah, the black the guy, like the yeah. more like the phone freaker kind of guy. That guy's been in everything lately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's <laughs> It's same same with him with the guy who plays. Uh, like if he if he was re- hanging out a barbershop, I'd just flip out. Cause <laughs> he's in Luke Cage. He's in the Get That's Down. That's where he was. I had him in my head, and I. But so know. does what? What's same with what's name? Like the guy that plays uh, Gideon, uh, the guy who runs All Safe, because uh-huh. he's the president in uh, House Cards, right? Uh-huh. He was the first president in House yeah. of Cards, and he's the uh, the big time investor in the Get Down. <laughs> and he's the owner of All Safe, and that's sort, of, sort of like I was like, wow, I was like, they, both both of those actors, I can just like imagine they're just, they're just kind of like, yeah, Passing whatever. Their CVs together. No, but like I have like a so-so, you know, like career or whatever. They're like, now that you're 50, man, work is coming in, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, hooray me! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just like late blooming actors, just like suddenly so, getting tons of roles in their 50s. Uh, I haven't finished Mr. Robot, but I do have a funny real life anecdote about, about Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. So about eight or nine months ago, I'm on the Metro. Super bug-eyed. Yeah, I'm on the Metro. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm either... I'm probably coming back from a podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my headphones in, my hood down. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes and he he, taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, what? And I flip my head back. Take out the earphones. And uh, it's this, you know, 30-something looking black guy. Kind of disheveled looking. He's got kind of a... Uh, a, a twisted afro. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, man, hey, can I, can I try something for you?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> and he starts to beatbox a little bit, and then he starts to sing to me. Yeah. On the metro. Okay. And he's like, does that for about two minutes straight, <laughs> and he's like, "So what'd you think?" I'm like, "That was cool." And he goes, so I got these. I'm selling CDs, man. You know, I'm trying to get off. The oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get off the ground, you know. I'm just trying to get my, my voice out there, you know. It would be yeah. really great. Uh, you know, if you, I'm like, all right, uh, how much? And he's like, five bucks. I'm like, five bucks to get, get a CD. And it's all got right. his name written on it in Sharpie. And it's in a little paper folder. And I, I bring it home. And I look at my computer. <laughs> and I put it on top of my computer. Go to the library, man. and that was nine <laughs> months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, but put it in, man. What the Into hell? what? I don't have a CD player. <laughs> Buy a CD player. They're like five dollars. They're like yeah. an internal no. CD player for your computer. No, I have a CD player in my computer. Well, put it in. Have you, you watched Mister Robot? Mr. Robot? <laughs> <laughs> Screws them up real bad. Yeah. Okay. It's just sitting there. Right I feel like desk. innocent rapper on the metro is not. Well, like, you know what? That's, exactly that's what that. Ollie thought, okay? <laughs> and he ended up inadvertently screwing up his oh, whole yeah. business. Uh, yeah, Mr. Robot Season 2. Like I said, yeah. I would say mostly mm. delivers is, is... True Detective Season 2 is a good comparison. Where you're, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe not. It doesn't necessarily miss the mark as much. Like, it's not as much of a shift mm-hmm. from Season 1 to Season 2 as True Detective was, but it's it's kind of... 
it's losing a lot of the punch of season one. Uh, it comes together kind of well. I just have, I think they they dick around and they took a little too long mm-hmm. doing what they maybe, were trying to do. Maybe he just had like too long a leash, and it's like like after the success of the first season, and they were just like do whatever you want, and then he he like kind of went a little crazy, and then somebody needed to keep it tighter. Maybe, but yeah, like there's like I said, I'm not not gonna really spoil yeah, anything. Don't, but don't what, like I said, but what they Slater was really busy with his CIA work and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. But yeah, but what they um, like what they kind of allude to as like the driving force doesn't really seem to be the like you're not it's like hard to buy into i guess i'm really interested if yeah i'm gonna watch it it was was worth watching like i'm not it wasn't like a total shark jumping like what am i watching but it was just like there's a few things like i said pacing real slow and then same with that just like i don't know if maybe i didn't notice it if it was in the first season so constantly but by the end of the second season it was just constant like i said fake Fake out, not even fake outs. Just like I feel like they did a little bit of that in the first season, it's but not enough. There was so much like walk in and you hear like someone like <gasps> like gasping God. to death on the like like looking at the couch, but it's the back of the couch. It's the back of someone's head, and you yeah. don't get to see who it is. And you open the door, and then there's someone there, and you don't get to see who it is. And you're like, there's a car, and the window rolls down. You don't get to see who it is, and you're like, I, you're like, stop this. Like this is all in one episode. You cannot, <laughs> this is like it's so it just it's so cheap. It's like. Wow! It just—I was like, it's—I uh, was like, don't you All don't right. need to rely on this. I got two documentaries that I saw, Ooh. both by the same documentarian, Mr. Louis Thoreau. Louis one, Thoreau. One was a good documentary. One was bad. Which one do you want to hear first? I will tell us the titles, and b- without knowing which one's good or which one's bad. Okay. Then one of the titles is Jimmy, mm-hmm. and the other title is My Scientology Film. Tell me about Jimmy. Okay. So you do you know a little bit about the Jimmy Seville story? No. He's a popular children's entertainer from Britain. He was a DJ. He raised a shitload of money for children's hospitals. He had like kind of like a weird character. Everybody knew that he was like a freaking weird dude, but he had a bit of a like, he did a lot of charity work, shitloads, and he'd kind of been like a persona for three decades, even four okay. decades, like a popular dude. Um, so maybe 10 years ago, Louis Thoreau gets asked to do a documentary about Jimmy Seville. And so he interviews people close to him. He basically lives with Jimmy for a couple of months. And like Jimmy had like a weird sexual undercurrent to him that everybody kind of gave him a pass on because they thought that it was kind of like a bit. It was like his character that he would always make really crude sex jokes at an in a, in opportune times. Sometimes even making crude sex jokes to children, whatever. And um, fifteen years after uh, Louis makes that documentary, you guys know who Louis throws, right? You guys are familiar with him. At all? The name rings a bell. He's a he's a British documentarian whose two main character traits are one, he's like utterly fearless. He's done documentaries about like he lived with the Phelps family in the states for a couple of weeks. Right, you know right. those guys that like God hates fags guys. Yeah, yeah. He um, lived with white power supremacists in the states to to like just get their side of the story. So he's totally fearless. And then the other side of him is that he has this like very submissive British, not quite effeminate, but just like a very subdued kind of like tone and character mm-hmm. so he gets people who are like not comfortable or like would would not ordinarily talk about themselves and the the things that they know other people will find distasteful mm-hmm. he like brings it out of them just by being ac- asking really pointed questions but being really submissive about it it's like it's very like cool that to, vice guy yeah 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 like that guy yeah, um yeah, yeah. the one who um the did the sex whatever show anyway whatever yeah, yeah so yeah. So 15 years or 10 or 15 years ago he does this first documentary about jimmy seville and then jimmy seville dies and about a hundred people come forward and are like, yeah, I was molested as a child by Jimmy Seville a lot. And then people start getting creepy. And all these people in the media come out and they're like, yeah, we all knew that about Jimmy, but we couldn't really say anything because it was fucking Jimmy Seville. And um, uh, so Louis, who 
is a wonderful documentarian now realizes like, hey, I did a documentary on this guy. I fucking didn't get the, the pedophile story. How did I miss that? Like, yeah, I knew yeah, there was something yeah. wrong, but I fucked this up. And he goes and he re-interviews a lot of the people who he interviewed in the first documentary. He talks to all these different people, and he just gets this other side of the story. And in a sense, it's like about him more than it's about Jimmy Seville. And it's about him being like, I, I failed in my my job as a documentarian. It was wonderful. Okay. And um, he, he got interviews with people who were like Jimmy Seville's closest lifetime companions okay. who utterly refused to acknowledge that he was a pedophile or that he raped literally hundreds of children like they're just like nope nope didn't happen and it's like it was, it's like his um the, there's a particularly striking one with his secretary or whatever mm-hmm. who had been like his right hand girl for Prob- fucking probably covered 30 stuff years up for him. probably covered stuff up for him and like the stories that came out about this dude are fucking grotesque and it but anyway good documentary wonderful story thomas morton though is the guy from vice yeah Thomas Morton, the little on the same thing, like yeah, just yeah, super small, unassuming guy with glasses, whatever, where he's like hanging out with the white power people, hanging yep. out with the KKK, yeah, 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 and just like whatever else, it's just sort of like this like super small, quiet, unassuming guy who's just sort of like, why do you hate blacks? Yeah, you know, yeah. and you're just like, whoa, J- Jimmy or not Jimmy, um, Louis is at this this huge barbecue with a bunch of white power people, and they're and and they all know that he's a documentarian, he's, yeah, he's yeah, reporting yeah. about them. So, but but then at one point they're like, so do you really? What is wrong with the Jews? And they go on this rant and they're like, I bet you're a Jew. Are you a Jew? And he's like, I don't want to answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question. And he's not, but he's just like stands his ground against yeah, these guys. Yeah. Anyway, I recommend that only if you kind of know the story about Jimmy Seville and whatever. But it was, a, it was a really good documentary. And you really got to so see this like, was his follow-up documentary to the original yeah, piece? Yeah, he made it a year after Jimmy died. Okay. Now that the story was out and he could revisit it and be like, I fucked this up. And mm. I, like, I am part of the system that failed hundreds of children in Britain. Right. Right, we were supposed to protect those kids, and we fucked it up. And a guy who, and he shows old interviews with Jimmy Savile, where he's like looking at the camera, I can get away with murder. I could do anything I want. I'm fucking Jimmy. Jeez. Yeah, and and like you, in retrospect, it's like, oh my god, this dude is fucking saying to a camera that he's doing it, and nobody, nobody called him on it. Like when Donald Trump said he could shoot somebody. Right. <laughs> or or like launch a bomb. Yeah, well, he said, he said, I, he's like, my polls keep going up. He's like, I could stand in the middle of Wall Street and just shoot someone with a gun, and I think my polls would go up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh. Probably so, not wrong. So, my Scientology My Scientology story. movie, being a big fan of, of Louis Thoreau and his work. And Scientology. And Scientology. I really wanted to see what he had to say about Scientology. And unfortunately, he didn't really get a scoop. He just, like, he went to L.A. He spent, like, a year there interviewing, trying to interview people. Scientology basically shut him out, or like the, the organization, shut him out, refused to do interviews with him, I guess intimidated all kinds of people who he was going to talk to. He had um, Scientology's like number one enforcer mm. dude on set helping him make the documentary, and it almost looked like they were trying to make it together. And that dude did, like, he, he, he did well in the documentary. He told his side of the story, but obviously there were points where Louis got him to a space that he was not comfortable, and his, his like control cracked, which is like what you want out of a out of an interview kind of process. Yeah. But this guy was supposed to be pointing, providing the counterpoint to the madness that is Scientology, because he was like one of the upper echelon guys, and he got out ten years ago, and he's like one of the few people who's been brave enough to speak out against Scientology. Right. right. So when this guy finally does get a little like lets us in, yeah, he's nuts. Yeah. You know, so it like it like takes away from the Scientology is nuts angle. And they're 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 sending letters to Louis throughout the filming of this documentary being like, look, we don't know why you're talking to this guy. He's insane. We we totally don't back up anything that he said. Yeah. And then um, 
and that's it. Like they they lock him out. He puts this little story about this guy, and I, it's just I, I wanted more meat to this. Yeah, thing, I you think know? Uh, honestly, I mean, I feel that there's been like a couple of like yeah. pretty pretty damning Scientology document sure. like documentaries that have come out yeah. that I and I feel that like a group of people that like are based out of Hollywood understand the media machine and whatever they they're like. Their fortress against that kind of invasive filmmaking mm-hmm. is probably just like impenetrable at this point. Where they're just like they know exactly how to shut it down now because they yeah. they've had the bad movies come out about them a couple times, and they're like these are people that like understand media, understand Hollywood, understand the news cycle, understand Intimately. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Most of them are like involved in the business. Yeah. I feel that coming in like I mean it's a relatively current movie like my scientology yeah. movie uh it's n- out in britain right now it's not yeah exactly it's so, like yeah. to come in in like 2014 2015 which i guess was like when he was filming yeah and trying to do that i feel that scientology like there's just too many walls up <clears throat> but at, at the same point. time like, like there, there's a really good story about how scientology kind of like got a pass for a good long time people yeah, were like yeah. oh yeah maybe they're a weird cult but whatever they're doing their thing yeah. and then in the last like five to ten years, everybody comes down hard on it. Like you don't talk to anybody who has like a positive view of Dianetics or L. Ron Hubbard or whatever. Yeah. Like th- I think there's a story. How are they still going? Like what? Who are the people who are still involved with this? Who are like Tom very Cruise. satisfied by it? Whatever. John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta famously is not involved. Yeah. Like he he wants out and they won't let him out. Yeah. Anywho, um, all back, that to, all back. that to say, Giovanni Ribisi, yeah. Jenna Elfman. Yeah. Great story that there that I think you didn't unfortunately hit. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I'm just saying, not, not to say nobody can, but I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I, I just I feel that like, Scientology has like such defenses up against that sort of thing. One, one of the cool things he did was um, with that guy who was like the insider for a long period of time, he used the insider as a casting director. He filled, he like totally cast scenes that happened in the, in, in the like Sea Org, you know, and on the inside of Scientology. He got a guy who he thought could play David Miscavige. He got a guy who he thought could play Tom Cruise. He like remembered all of the dialogue from when they were interacting with each other in private. And they got a bunch of actors to like stage and recreate these scenes <laughs> of them going nuts and screaming at each other and whatever. And yeah. he like, they show the casting process where he's like, no, 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 you need just like a little bit more intensity in your eyes. You're not going to do it. Next guy, the next guy comes, he's like, yes, you have the craziness, you know, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. so that was fun. But, um, I just kind of, kind of missed the market. I just, I just didn't get the like understory that you wanted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the the caramel cream egg filling, you know, that like Yeah. Caramel cream egg. Caramel egg. Yeah. Anyway, you know. none of that takes away from, from Louis Thoreau being awesome. If you look up on YouTube, because he does a lot of his work for the BBC, you can go on YouTube and just Louis Thoreau documentaries. There's like ten or fifteen that are an hour long, like Louis Thoreau talks to people who are um addicted to body modification and who just always are getting like nose jobs and face jobs and tummy tucks and whatever huh. in LA. He just like talks to a bunch of them and then he goes to get a like a tummy tuck. <laughs> just, to, just to see just what's, what's up like when was it the dude since yes or one of them got Not a liposuction like yes and then other people had to mm. drink his liposuction no anesthesia mm. <laughs> that is a violent surgery <laughs> but then do you know the end of the story Scott no it's awesome so imagine the three of us are sitting around a table mm-hmm. okay and then underneath the table are three hookers mm-hmm. we're each getting a blowjob no wait it's one one guy is getting it, right? Yeah, and they yeah. all need to One act like they're not. One dude is getting a blowjob. They all have to act like they're not getting a blowjob at the table. And on the table is a cup of the guy's um, fat sucked that fat. sucked fat from his body. And then if the guy getting the blowjob gets called on it, he has to drink it. And then if you, if you miss your call, you have to drink it. <laughs> Sounds like the kind of game nobody wants to play. <laughs> Except for the dudesons. Except for the dudesons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen someone get a liposuction really? at, at the hospital in the operating room. I have so much more respect for you now. And it is a super violent, yeah. unhappy looking surgery. Oh, totally. Imagine no anesthesia. It, just, I can't. I can't. It's just dying. They're scraping, like, right? Like the inside of the It's like a skin. big hose. metal yeah. 
hose, like a metal pipe that's maybe the thickness of a pen. Yeah. And it's about, you know, two feet long, and they're just shoving it through a hole in the belly button, just over and uh, over and over. Scraping, scraping the, fat, the fat loose and sucking it through that pipe. And you get this, and like, pink-white discharge in the fucking... Yeah, that stuff yeah. in uh, Fight Club, that's kind of what it looks like, yeah, but yeah. bloodier. There's, yeah. more, there's more blood in it. And just, like, you can see it, like, poking up like you're brushing your teeth. Poking, poking through, through the your, skin. your yeah. cheek, and this this big... Uh, oh, man, it is. And they sit there for, like, three hours doing that. Yeah. And it looked awful. And I was like, I... No, I'm fat, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> Fuck that. Were you, were, you, were you thinking about it? Were you like, maybe well, I should like, get a liposuction? You know, <laughs> like, you know, you, you work with a plastic surgeon who yeah. does liposuctions, and you see that on the list, and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I, could, I could do that. I could spend one day, get lose 40 pounds, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you watch it, and you're just like, not only did that upset me, I'm going to go eat a donut now. <laughs> <laughs> that had a negative effect. Yeah. You'll be safe in me, donut. <laughs> no one will ever liposuction you out. <laughs> Just, I felt so sad about it. <laughs> I needed a donut to feel better. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. What did you see? Podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Not everyone's seen one. It's It was a unique experience. I saw the Louis. I don't know about you or me, but I feel like John is going to YouTube that. I've already seen videos. people get like, liposuctioned. Grody. Multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Why? Why not? It's part of life. It's beautiful. It's part of the tapestry, the rich tapestry of our lives. John made soap for a while. Did you see the thing? You, John definitely didn't because he's not on Instagram. Did you talk about like, the beauty of life? No. <laughs> like, and is it just pieces of shit? No, 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 no. It, I, it was a photo that I shared yesterday mm-hmm. of just someone who had put a six-pack of beer in the pizza freezer. Mm-hmm. So the cans had like exploded outwards, but then the beer foam had frozen. <laughs> so it was just like a frozen, exploding six-pack. Just like perfectly sitting there, and I was like, just when you thought you've seen everything, life shows you something new and beautiful. <laughs> it, was like an expl- it was like, but I'm like, what a crappy like thing to do as a person. Like the beer fridge is next to the frozen pizza. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you just you to, you're just like, I don't want these anymore, and put them in the freezer instead of the fridge next to it. I'm like, you're just a jerk. Whoever you are, Super C Saint Jacques, <laughs> Bud Six of Bud, Troll. Budweiser drinker, jerk face. I saw two movies. Okay. I saw a movie. <clears throat> hang on, that is, okay. I'll, I'll look one. Do you up. not even remember the movie? You saw? No, I definitely you remember the movie. I, just, I, I wanted to know like the director. So yeah. one of them that I definitely remember is obviously from Steven Spielberg, 1991's Hook. Neat. So yeah, because I realized what? How did it come up? I want to know how it came up. Was it Rob Williams? No, Sarah was like, oh, Are oh, I got, it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. We were looking at um, our Halloween costumes oh, or whatever. Oh, did Sarah want to do Rufio? No. Keith wanted to do Rufio. Just literally a picture of Rufio, and I was like, oh, man, this kid nailed it. And yeah. Sarah's like, who's Rufio? And I was like, what? what? I was like, I feel that like at certain points, I was like, Nip and I say bangerang <laughs> all the time. Like, Well, when we're playing Rocket League. Okay, okay. Like, ro- when we score a goal in Rocket League, we say bangerang okay. pretty often. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, like I was like, there's, I feel that like at just at some point in the last eight years as a group, we've probably chanted Rufio, like just at some point, yeah, like maybe. Rufio, yeah. Rufio, like it could, it comes up. Right. And I was like, I was like, I feel like I was like, my head, I was like, there was that, there was that magazine that had all like the cast, where are they now brought yeah. together for photo shoots? Yeah. And the hook was there. Is it, is Dustin Hoffman 
yeah. Chris Hook Captain in that? Hook, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he an awesome. a good performance, eh? It's or I sort of remember. It's really doesn't hold up. That's anyway. the big question. Okay, so right? anyway, but yeah. no, nonetheless, and Sarah, I was like, Sarah, I, I think you even chanted Rufio along <laughs> with us, and she was just like, she's like, sometimes I just like to belong. <laughs> you know? She's like, these guys are chanting a random word again and again. So I was like, oh my goodness, you haven't seen Hook. So I was like, we're fixing this. <clears throat> Full we, disclosure. I've never seen it. Yeah, I know. I don't understand. <sighs> what about what about the 1994 Hook video game for the SNES? It was great. Nope. Was it? Yeah, I liked it. I remember going back. Oh, man, Disney video games for the SNES Hit were and miss, not man. Hit and miss. Not, not great. Well, don't say not great. Like Aladdin and Lion. Not forgiving. Oh, not forgiving. Yeah. Look at you lying platformers. Fucking Lion which King. I'm bad yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do you know, I read an interview. Why were we talking? Finish your fucking talking okay. movie. So anyway, but again, you're a little bit older, though, because yeah. we're talking with Eric and Ev. They also haven't seen Hook. So I don't know. Like, how old were you in 1991? I was like the ripe old age of 13. So like maybe too old. I was 10. But that's right, right age. Like, uh, I was like, I, yeah. I kind of like 13 might have been just a little too old because huh. Eric and Ev with both. Two younger siblings, you know, so we talked no about how the hacker's window was really narrow, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. only have like a couple of years where it'll work for you. Anyway, maybe. But yeah, I think that like, anyway, so Hook is. <laughs> I would have been in grade seven. For right? Scott, who has not seen the film Hook. Right. Yeah. And like, and Sarah sat down. I'm aware of it. But what's it about? It's about an adult Peter Pan who has forgotten that he was Peter Pan, and then he goes back to Neverland. Fucking good. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's played by Robin Williams at the height of his powers. Yeah. Fucking Julia Roberts Julia plays Tinkerbell. Julia Roberts plays Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman is Hoffman. whatever. It was like a star Directed studded. by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Like, it's a Steven yeah. Spielberg film. Uh, and Bob Hoskins is me. Uh, oh, it's so yeah, it's so good. Uh, <clears throat> there's one of the things that I totally di- didn't remember about mm-hmm. this movie that had l- literally had Sarah in tears. Like, is... And... I think it can only be seen with a grown-up eye, is how messed up what happened with Wendy and Peter is. Okay. It's tragic, right? So here's, so here's basically the, the setup, is Peter basically the, the, comes back every year and I guess takes away Wendy for a couple days in the spring every year. Like from that's, Neverland to Earth? No, from Earth to Neverland. Okay. Yeah. So like then she oh, com- yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes, comes up, yeah. they hang out, and then he brings her back, and she keeps living her life on Earth. So she keeps aging, and like they show the montage of him keeps coming as a boy and comes as a boy, and then eventually she's like, "I don't want to go." Yeah. Well, she's like, "I'm a grandmother now," mm-hmm. and and like and then like, and there's like another scene too where she's like, she's like, you know, like I always thought that you were gonna like even on my wedding day, I thought you were gonna come and stop the wedding, Aww. like because like they were in love, yeah, but she aged, and then he was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna stay and I guess marry your granddaughter." <laughs> and Sarah's like, "That's what?" <laughs> like, you're like, Peter Pan's a jerk. He's just sort mm-hmm. of like, "Now I'll stay." Didn't stay for you though, but I'll stay Ouch. for her. And I'm like, "That it's so rough." Sarah's like, "He's a jerk. He's a huge jerk." Poor Wendy. Like, because like she's he's still like the love of Wendy's life, mm. but it just like she aged out of it. Like, I mean, like she married a dude and had kids and yeah, grandkids, yeah. Or whatever. But like, even like the line in the movie is that like I literally thought you were gonna show up on my wedding day. Like, I was like, whoa. I was like, I did not remember this as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, that's a really complicated relationship that, like, <laughs> came about between Wendy and Peter as she kept aging. And then he comes to Earth and is, like, I guess, like, 50 years her junior, basically. Yeah. And, like, how messed up is that to just watch her? Wait, wait. Why is Robin Williams? He's. I'm missing some part of this. I mean, 20 years his junior, I guess. Yeah. I okay. Because anyway, she she's I guess maybe in fifties. He's grown up some, right? No, he's grown up quite a bit. Yeah, like yeah. he he has kids now. Like yeah, that's like yeah. the idea. So it's like he marries. He like falls in love with 
uh, Wendy's teenage daughter, and they become like granddaughter. granddaughter, exactly. Oh yeah, and then the kids get kidnapped. And the kids get kidnapped yeah. because that's that's the catalyst for the whole movie. Yeah. Is Captain Hook is just bummed and is like, I never be Peter Pan. He just like flew away one day and never came back. And mm-hmm. what do, what do I even do with my life? Like <laughs> I didn't beat him. He's just gone. Yeah. So he's like, I know how I'll get him back. I'll just kidnap his kids. Then he'll come back and I'll kill him. Captain Hook, like yeah. that's his plan. It's like a great plan. And then you realize he's like, come on, Peter, like fly, like jump. Like, do some swordsmanship. Uh, and he's, he's a like, fat old guy. And exactly. Yeah. He's just, like, a huge bummer or whatever. I like the best because he's, like, he's like, we want to think it's, like, the war to end all war between pirates and the Lost Boys or whatever. And then just sort of, like, and Peter Pan can't do it. He's like, screw it. War is canceled. Kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, like Dustin Hoffman is amazing in it. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that part of the performance, like, 100% holds up. Dustin Hoffman is great. Uh, the first longer than i remember it's like it's two hours and 20 yeah which at a kid's movie is like pretty long. long the yeah. first talk about first act is real long there's like 35 minutes that take place in the real world before they get to neverland and i'm wow. like that's a long time i remember the production value of the whole thing being out of this world oh it's, look, it's never neverland was like magic yeah. yeah everything and they do a, a lot of the effects look really really good because mm-hmm. they do like stage effects yeah like it's sort of like you you'll they'll see like someone will like fall in and then they'll be like lightning like and like sparkling and then someone like flies through a window or whatever so it doesn't look like a perfect explosion but because it's done like to look like a staged effect it looks just perfect and like age as well obviously the tiny julia roberts eh, like i kind of liked her i know what i'm just saying but like it's touch and go like oh she's not very good in it like she the performance is not great it's not uh lord of the rings forced perspective giant set construction to make her look tiny yeah, I mean, she's it's Tinkerbell. She's like yeah. three inches tall. Like exactly that's it's it. And like when people are talking to her, they're talking in a vague area. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like where it's, it's a technology like, at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 1991. They're talking to a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. It's like it's 1991. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Totally, like really held up. They're in, hmm. Like even with the new information that the Wendy Peter Pan relationship is just like <laughs> a horror show yeah. of like tragedy. <laughs> fun fun fact: the name Wendy never appeared in writing. Before yep. Peter Pan, really? it was a made-up name. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, meat. It's just like I'm gonna make up this crazy name for this girl, and Wendy. And I guess it's like because it's kind of like windy, right? Maybe. I suppose. Like maybe like flying. a Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, short for Gwendolyn. Maybe yeah. Wendy. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. First, the first recorded instance of Wendy is uh, is it Todd Todd Barry? Something uh, Barry. I don't remember. Also. Something very. Peter Pan is a cool, crazy story. If we're talking about copyright laws, yeah, it's one yeah of my yeah. favorite things. Mm-hmm. The because uh, the writer gave the um, oh yeah, this is great. The mm-hmm. the proceeds from all things Peter Pan to an orphanage yeah. near where he grew up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Walt Disney, as a company, has been trying to take them from this orphanage mm-hmm. since basically since the first movie. Yeah. And they can't, so they just sit there paying out all this money for all their Peter Pan movies and all the Tinkerbell movies. And yeah. The yeah, but Hulk then there's movie. a happy orphanage full of money. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they want to take it and they just sit there going, well, don't worry about it. It'll pass into the public domain. But, it, but then but they, start, <laughs> they go and start lobbying to push back the expiry date for the public domain because they're desperate to keep their rights of Mickey well, yeah, Mouse. And, and as far as I understand from it, the, the British government is like on board with them because they're like, it's, it's now like a charitable thing. So it, like the public domain rules don't apply in the same way huh. because you're like, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not benefiting a single person. It's now benefiting like a charitable cause. So it's, 
not but, like but the other side of it is that Disney keeps pushing back the expiry date of things that fall yeah, into the public yeah, yeah, domain for their, everything else that so they've done. I guess if we want to make changes to copyright law, what we need to do is make the Peter Pan f- and like IP more valuable than Mickey Mouse. Because then they will have to to get control. Yeah, but that's that's never going to happen because Disney owns Superman or Disney owns Spider-Man and all of that stuff. That Warner Brothers owns Superman. They're never going to let Superman and Batman fall into the public domain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Although... It's close it? now, right? Like it's it's super 30, close, you're right. When was 30... DC, whatever, Detective Comics? 1937, 1938. Oh, yeah. shit. And what right. is it, 75 years? Or? Plus the life of the author. Life of the author plus 70-something, I think, yeah, is the yeah, most yeah. recent It used one. to be 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, imagine, right. though, when that stuff starts to fall into the public domain, awesome. it's be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but I hope I'm alive to see that. <laughs> Wait, what... Is there anything? Is there anything that I guess like Sherlock Holmes? I suppose already out for sure. Yeah, exactly. And anybody can just be like Sherlock Robin Holmes. Bo, that's why Robin there's so Hood. many movies. That in, a, in a sense, like he got a resurgence in the '80s because people yeah. could do it. Yeah, people got in the public doing Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood. Uh, no, the well, I mean, like I guess not, Dracula, not yeah. not famously, but like kind of impacting some of the stuff that we do. The, all the uh, Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, those, yeah. All that, those... That's been a push for sure. Yeah, Anybody exactly. can publish a, yeah, a Lovecraft exactly. All anthology. the board games and all that stuff. You're yeah. like, how do they do this? Well, it's just public domain, man. You can just like take direct passages out of the Lovecraft books and then use them in your game. Like, no problem. Yep. So uh, what was the other movie? Uh, Don't Breathe. This is the one that I was trying to look up because I do oh, not remember this that is, name. I, yeah, I've heard, home Invasion Horror Movie, right? I've heard extremely good things about this, though. It is... <sighs> Why did I not see this? So this is the story of a group of people who are like, we're going to rob a dude. And then you start rooting for them. Uh, right. But do you? <laughs> but do you really? Fede Alvarez. That's the name. Okay. I'm probably He's rat, the director? Rat massacring his name. Yeah. Notable <clears throat> because uh, he did the Evil Dead reboot. Oh! Yeah. yeah I yeah, really yeah. want to see this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's I it. actually rewatched that Evil Dead reboot, yeah. and it's still good. It's super good. Super good. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. So that's how I was wanted to remember the director because yeah, like they're like from a good pedigree and like this is now he's like his second big film. Right. And yeah, like you said, it's uh, I guess reverse home invasion because usually in a home invasion film, the people invading the home are the bad guys. Right. Uh, this movie's set in uh, like modern day Detroit, and it's people who just kind of knock off homes. They always steal less than ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars so that it doesn't uh, become grand larceny. So even if they do get caught, they'd get only like little slaps on the wrist. Uh, huh. They have kind of a scam where the one of the kids' dad works for a security company or whatever. So they all have like the ins with the keys and the codes and blah 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 blah. And they just kind of do small crime. They're clearly the protagonists of the film. Yeah, but you're still not like super rooting for them because you're like they're still robbing. Yeah. You know, like they're people in Detroit. Oh, hold on, way worse things have happened in home invasions than getting robbed. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know that, but I'm saying, but it's still like it's a weird setup because you're kind of like, ah, these guys are criminals, yeah. and then to just kind of make matters worse, so they're like, they find out about this guy who's a uh, former war vet who had like a massive like uh, settlement because a woman hit and run on his daughter, and mm-hmm. then he had like a s- easily six figure settlement from the family out of court. Wow. And then is apparently like a crazy old paranoid military vet who's blind, who has it all in cash in his house. So they're like, it's the big score. They're like, it's one thing. We knock this guy off. We get out of town. It's over. And they're like, he never leaves the house. And they're like, no problem. He's blind. Yeah. So problem. We, well, the no, no problem. They're like, I know, so I know. They're like, exactly. That's it. Problem is that he's like a former, like he was in Desert Storm and is like a jacked old dude. 
who has guns and right. bars on the windows and everything. And, and then it, it's your like for a good chunk of the movie, you have no idea who to cheer for because you're like they are robbing this guy, but he's also being very excessive <laughs> with like his violence that he's like bringing on back to them and you kind of like you don't know and then there's a bit of a twist that makes him a little bit worse and there's like a bit of a twist that makes them a little bit worse right. and you're just sort of like the morality of it gets like really really confused where you're like i don't know if i want any of these people to like make it out of the evening <laughs> you know yeah. but but it's like really cool the tension levels are insane like i mean the cast is <clears throat> once they get into the house the entire thing consists of basically the four people like the three home invaders plus the old dude plus the old dude okay and so like manages to like maintain attention with only like basically one set house one killer the old dude and then three people in the house like so that's i think like a that's like a feat mm-hmm. like in terms of like not having to like introduce other people and whatever and like there's still twists like how crazy this guy is what he's up to he obviously has his own kind of like skeletons in the closet of like, course. they have their relationships obviously get like tied up i don't know i thought it was like fantastic like perfectly executed of a relatively simple story cool. like i was it's a, on netflix yeah a plus no it's no, still theaters just on theaters oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went to go see it at the Paramount. We awesome. went to go see a movie in what the did theaters. It push out? Huh? It pushed out the other horror movie that was big in theaters. It follows. No, or Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Or the it new pushed out Blair, the, Blair the Witch. No, Blair Witch came out after it. Blair Witch is like in the process of pushing it out. I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there can only be one. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this came out in late August. Okay. Like it had, I think, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it had its North American premiere at Fantasia. Like, uh, it was uh, one of those movies that I kind of wanted to see, but it was a late stage Fantasia yeah. that I was kind of out. Yeah. Anyway, A plus, Fede Alvarez. I'm cool. excited for whatever you're doing next. Yeah, very much. <clears throat> Highly recommend. Cool. Good. And also, I mean, also, uh, not too gory. Like, I feel the the commercials kind of uh, set it up poorly. They're probably trying to capitalize on that angle with how good he did that in. Um, yeah, exactly. That's and, it. But it's not too like the, the the commercials kind of set it up to look like there was going to be almost like a saw sort of thing, and mm-hmm. it's like it's really not like there. I'm not like when gore happens, there's like enough gore, but it's like there isn't too much like torturey ness. Right. Like nobody's ever like trapped and getting like pulled apart or anything. Like it's the it's the commercials make it look like it's kind of torture porny, but it's really not. So hmm. I, I would I would you could possibly have fun watching it. No kids mm. get hurt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, no children ever in there's, danger. There's no children. There's no torture porn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a really like tense like things are not going together. Like nothing see, fits together the way it's supposed to. See, tension is fine and sudden violence is fine. Like I have a weird threshold for horror <laughs> movies. Yeah. Like the Saw movies, I can watch those. They don't really bother me so much hmm. because they're like, ah, this sucks. This sucks. Boom, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I can yeah. I can sit there and watch that and not not be like scarred, but like. Hostile, where they're just like, now I'm gonna pull out the knife. And I'm gonna bring it over to you. I'm just like, I don't want to. I'm gonna pull off one fingernail. Now I'm gonna pull screen. off another fingernail. <laughs> I can't. That that <laughs> stuff makes me wonky. Uh, you watch movies too, Scott? Yeah, I saw Ghostbusters. The I think all, all three of us lifelong fans of the original Ghostbusters. Yep. Am I the only one of the three of us to have seen it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had, it's on my to-do list. I've, yeah, liter- I've literally been like waiting for this this time of year. I was like, I'm, is- it's gonna, I'm going to see it on Netflix or some dumb shit. I'm not going to go. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's not in <clears> theaters anymore. It's, right, right. It was out of summer, but I was like, it's, I think it's coming out on DVD or something soon. 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 Exactly. I mean, if if not, get your act together. You put out a Ghostbusters movie before Halloween on DVD. Yeah. Like seriously, figure that out, yeah. world. And by world, you mean Hollywood. Yes. 
I don't know. I don't know what the distribution All is. All of the criticisms you heard about it were wrong. Really? Yep. From the crazy, awful internet people Racist, bashing it. whatever stuff. Uh, wrong. Yeah. Um, even the one criticism I read about it that had me scared was like, the criticism I read was that it never decides whether it is a sequel to the movies or, or a complete remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, did it happen in the 80s in New York and now they're back or not? That's that's wrong. It's very clearly a complete remake. Mm-hmm. The the Ghostbusters, the original Ford, did not exist in this world. Really, super clear. Couldn't couldn't have been more crystal. Well, yeah, because um, like the uh, Stay Puffed is a big balloon. They wouldn't make a big balloon of the thing that killed everybody. Stay Puffed is the only thing that ties them together. Maybe he's like the Sid of the. <laughs> yeah, but, but exactly. Oh, but, like, but that's the only. That's but Stay Puffed is a big balloon at a parade. Like he's. Yeah. St- but he's still. So Stay Puffed. The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man is a character that exists but in both worlds. He's the spokesperson for marshmallows, though. Like he's. Yeah. Like they that, wouldn't have a big parade like, float like, of the thing that like. Like Toucan Sam. Yeah. Right? Like if yeah, Toucan yeah, yeah, Sam yeah. also existed in Mr. Robot, and you'd be like, oh, that ties our worlds together. <laughs> that's the only. That's like the big, only big Kahuna Burger in uh, the Tarantino films. Right. Right. Um, everything I was worried about this movie turned out to be okay. Okay. Leslie Jones, I'm like hit or miss on. Sure. I find that she is one of those people who is a little bit like Chris Farley, who is like, I'm loud and everyone is looking at me because I'm funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Isn't this aggressive? And okay. and this movie, she is not that. She is just a little bit louder than the others. Yeah. But is also very on point with her comedy. Wow, uh, Kristen Wiig can be. Look at me, I'm weird and awkward, and uh absolutely is not that. She is very nuanced and and funny. Mm-hmm. Kay McKinnon can be super weird. Kay McKinnon is super weird, and when she's at her best, <laughs> and she is fucking hysterical in this movie. <laughs> she she is the runaway star of this movie. Like she wow. is playing a supporting character who is the most interesting to look at. And who says the funniest lines in the movie? I could. And then there's let Melissa McCarthy. Her. And then there's Melissa McCarthy, who again could also be way she too much. Can be too over the top, yeah. yeah. Or could be too gross. Sure. Sometimes a little like. She kind of like, can be Chris Farley-ish too. A little, but also like a little dick fart humor yeah. too much. And she doesn't have that at all. Hmm. Um, the funniest parts of the movies are things that seem very. Uh, ad-libbed mm-hmm. they will throw in little jokes yeah, just yeah. as the scene gets cut little one-liners which is some of my favorite kind of comedy just like really off-handed slided in to the end of the scene jokes like uh what do you call it like rocket raccoon and guardians of the galaxy yeah great now we're all standing in a circle like a bunch of jerks <laughs> just ends the yeah scene. <laughs> which was an ad-lib line yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was just... uh so the four of them very funny uh, Chris Hemsworth, he's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he's the eye candy for the yeah. Yeah. the gender uh, twist. The criticism of them being kind of sexist with him, kind of unfounded. Their Kristen Wiig is a little bit flirty with him, right? Uh, which he's not reciprocating, but, but it's not it's not gross or greasy or like like complete reverse sexism. Okay, but, but in a sense, like almost acceptable in the it would like in the reverse it would be just like a little casual flirting and whatever like it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if, you, you if that had happened gender swapped i yeah. wouldn't 
You wouldn't. I like, wouldn't be like uh, this movie is sexist, right? Yeah. Like, okay. No, it was it was more Kristen Wiig trying a little too hard to someone who was obviously uninterested. Yeah, that was the funny, and not haha. This is creepy. Right. Like Iron Man one to Pepper. Like in the first film, or Iron Man two to to Widow. It was also kind of leery at her. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man's yeah. just a little leery to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. But you're just sort of like, it's not necessarily make or break. You're just um, sort of like, he's a little okay. skeezy, but he doesn't Was it far. funny enough to make it worth watching? It was funny enough to worth watching. Yeah. Okay. It was That's... It was a uh, an enjoyable under two hours of movie. Mm-hmm. How does it hold up to the uh, originals? Well, this is the thing. Two is not Because uh, I know exactly where this is going on the list. Exactly where it's going. Really? Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Everything you guys liked about it is the reason you would like Ghostbusters, and everything you hated about Force Awakens is what you would hate about Ghostbusters. It tries way too hard to nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Now they're in a hotel. Now they're in a library. No. No. Now they're flagging down a cab, and hey, that's Dan Aykroyd, the cab driver. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What? Mm. No, I'm not going downtown. There's ghosts there. Like, Uh. I'm afraid of no ghosts. Oh, I get it. Hey, there's a, like, just constantly doing that. That sucks. Uh, all, it's like X-Men Apocalypse. All, ooh, no, it's, it's, all of the cast members they could get were in it. So Ernie Hudson's in it, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd's in it, Bill Murray's in it. He's, he's got, like, two big scenes Is in it. Is he funny? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> not funny, Bill Murray's the he's best. He's trying, but he's not. Wow. Uh, That's which, which happens with Bill Murray. Every yeah, now and then, he throws yeah. out something, you're just like, you're just being stupid, Bill. You're yeah, not. Yeah. You could go drier and you'd be funnier, but he's trying and failing. They could have had Zombieland, Bill Murray. They messed up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Annie Potts is in it. Oh, Janine, yeah, the secretary. Janine, yeah, Janine, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sigourney Weaver's in it. Yeah. Huh. And there's a little statue of Harold Ramis in one scene, which I had to pause and rewind for to catch. my wife and just be like, hey, look, it's Egon. Huh. Cool. Um, it's cool, but it's also like a lot of that. Okay. Right? Like, that shit turns Like, look, we're so yeah. clever. Yeah. We're so clever. This hey, is like the first one. Hey, do you remember the first one? Because we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like Slimer shows up, and that would have been enough. Just be like, hey, Slimer, I get it. He's a green ghost who's eating food. Right. But then I just kind of like, no, you get it? It's Slimer from the first movie. So Slimer is also a continuity point then. Yes. I mean, they don't ever call him Slimer. I don't think they ever yeah. called him Slimer. Yeah, 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 he's only Slimer in the cartoons. Yeah. I think like, we knew he was when Slimer. When he became the sidekick? Why did we all accept that? Why did they have a ghost sidekick? Their job is busting ghosts. That's <laughs> like literally the, the opposite of what they're... Anyway. It makes uh, them feel good. And, and there's one scene that is like played for comedy with Chris Hemsworth, which is like a dance possession scene mm-hmm. that is... Like Spider-Man 3 dance yeah, it is, it is against the reality that they created in the movie, Yeah, and it is against the tone they've created in the movie. Like Spider-Man 3 days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, the fact that it happens and is accepted is dumb. It like just like three minutes of the film where you're just like, this is unnecessary. Right. They don't, they don't need this. Right. What uh, else do you see? Uh, I don't know. Did we talk about Slow West already? Yeah. Talked about Slow West. Uh, oh. Rankings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, We're almost at an hour. Oh man. <clears throat> Time to I rank things. All right. So. Uh, well, Ghostbusters. You... I know exactly where it's going to go. It's going to go right under Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I feel like I cannot 
What is above? What is above? What does that bump down? I want to see if it does if it does anything egregious. Did you add to the list that I gave you, John? I did. Nice. So, all right, like, in in terms of comedy punch, mm-hmm. I, w- I was laughing loudly. You know, at a we lot might catch some shit from the internet on that. What? Ranking this movie so well. It was that's not, that's not super well. No, I know. I guess that's the bottom of it. That's in the bottom half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it was funny. So yeah, exactly. So John, I guess this is your this is your defense, really. Wow. If, okay. if if because I'm just saying, if you over the descent, yeah, man, really, dude, did you not like the descent? I feel like we all love the descent. What I about you? Like okay, descent, but hang on. But you're like saying you're saying whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 yeah. Scott. Yeah, you're saying that Ghostbusters was better than Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, easily better than Jurassic World. Huh. That's pretty high praise. That is really high like, praise. Again. Star Wars: The Force Awakens is where it is for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And those reasons, like like I said, the things you liked about Force Awakens, you would like about Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It, it was funny. I don't feel it like it's shit all over the 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 Legacy movies that came before or whatever. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it wasn't Phantom Menace. It, it was Force Awakens. Just a little too much. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? A, little, a little too nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll take that. I mean, okay. The effects look cool. The, the, <clears throat> them being scared of it. I mean, that that's still also we're, we're well below right. actual Ghostbusters. Go, actual Ghostbusters is our top five, right? Yeah, well, it's a classic. The actual <laughs> it's, Ghostbusters. It's a classic, classic and was iconic for our childhood. Yeah, exactly. But I was really worried about sitting down for a trash fire here. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Was like these are four people who could be really funny, and they all brought their A games. The, the ones that go too over the top, like Leslie Jones and Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. were reined in. Hmm. Kate McKinnon, again, that that character is the reason that so many people love this movie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Holdsworth well, is, is a fucking cool the, character. The only the only one that would weird me out is The Descent, because I did think that that was a, like a great horror film. Mm. And putting Ghostbusters above something that I think is great, when I'm not sure about it, worries me. But I will You can write it off to, to good mm-hmm. comedy timing yeah. and... Superior production values. Wow. Well, I mean, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah, it's not but, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John, you want to do your, your docs? The thing is, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with these docs. Well, so We have one other documentary on the list. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Tom Running Pe- Down a Dream. Yeah, but that's down in, like, Crush Groove territory. Damn it. <laughs> Warm Bodies Well, territory. I'm saying, well, you said one of these documentaries was pretty bad, so... Well, yeah, not bad, but just, like, disappointing. So I will definitely put my Scientology film... Jeez. Above or below Crush Groove? Definitely above. Definitely above? Yeah. You said like you like you had good things to say about Crush Groove. You had almost I did. nothing I had good to say about that. No, I'm, yeah, I, that's true. And I guess in my like review, I didn't actually like. There were still some interesting scenes in there that made it worth watching. Mm. But um, yeah, I find it hard. I'm feeling like below rubber. Above below the Evil rubber? Dead. Below yeah. rubber. Above the Evil Dead. That's a really good documentary. Above the Evil Dead I one. really like documentaries, man. I, don't know. I know, but we're I'm going just way up for the. Not I mean, yeah, but exactly. You said the other one was like the other one the, from what you were saying. The yeah. other one I could see going up high, but that's like for a documentary where you said missed the point and lacked a punch. Like, yeah. I feel that that's like you're jacking that up a lot. You're like, I watched this movie and ultimately it was unfulfilling. Like, even a what good, were your expectations going into the a movie? good movie that was unfulfilling? Kind of like that's that's where you, I have you a make hard a good time. point. My expectations were to get a new view on Scientology. I do not feel like I got a new view on Scientology. I feel like they just like sit and nodded for everything else that I had seen before. So then I think we are going to go down and put it uh, just slightly above Warm Bodies. 
Uh, underneath Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, running down a dream. All right. And the other one you seem to Jimmy, high praise. I was like, well on, and that's the one we're going to go put underneath. No, we can even go higher than that. Under the Descent. Under the Descent. My Scientology. Or, um, Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, Ex Machina? Can I recommend Jimmy to just anybody? No, absolutely not. Because you kind of have to know all the backstory in order to get into it. So I would say just underneath the descent. Okay. Hook. Hook. This is... This this gets like, points for me, man. This is up in, in like... This is like, like honestly, yeah. if I'm looking, I'm like... If I'm looking at Stand By Me, I'm like, Hook is better yeah. than Stand By Me. Yeah. And then I'm like, Hook is also better than Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I kind of see Hook, like, just under Hackers. I'm there. In a lot yep. of, like, in a lot of ways. Hackers hit me harder, but um, this was still really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and the, the reason I think it goes just under Hackers is, like, Hackers is really, like, for me, whereas yeah. I believe, like, Hook is, like, for anyone with... A, a childhood. childhood. <laughs> 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 you know, where I was like, it's yeah. just like, it's not necessarily focused. It's like, um, the performances are all great. Like, Dustin Hoffman yeah. holds, still, yeah. like, still holds it together. His, like, there, what was the, li- and Bob Hoskins has a line where, um, what is it? Like, there's even just, like, clever stuff that you 100% didn't get as a kid. They yeah. were just sort of like, they're like, when he's, like, introducing Hook, he's like, a man so deep, he could be called unfathomable. And I was like, <laughs> That's a great line. I was like, yeah. that is a very clever, like, nautical joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, there's like three layers of pun on there. Exactly. I was yeah. like, that's a, just whoever wrote that line, like, <laughs> deserves, like, a, like, a round of applause. I was like, I was like, there's no way as a kid I understood anything as to why that was a great line. Right. But there's like, like that, there's a lot of dialogue that's just like right there and super clever, super sharp. Like, I would say Render Hackers is where Hook goes. Yeah. I don't have a lot of problem ranking a movie I haven't seen, but that I know is starring Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, and directed by Steven Spielberg. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. why I was like looking at it. I was like immediately. I was like, because like Stand by Me is like not. I mean, they're obviously very different, but it's yeah. like there's like a, that same kind of like timeless classic, childhood and, magic. And then yeah. I would just put this over Stand by Me like any time. Okay. And and eventually, then, we're gonna have to put Princess Bride on that list. Oh, that's gonna be. Rough. I feel like that's gonna be in the top five. Like close to. Yeah. Yeah. We oh. did it again, you guys. We didn't, no, we didn't rank everything. No, right. we put Don't Breathe on the list. Oh, shit. Don't yeah. breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't so breathe. we almost did it again. Uh, wow, it's in similar territory. I would say possibly just underhook. <laughs> I was like, it's a little bit. I was like, it's below Cabin in the Woods. It's above resolution. But otherwise, it is... Sounds mu- like a good week for movies for Keith. Yeah. I, yep. I was like... So what's the next horror movie down? The next horror movie is The Descent, the and it's like way better than The Descent. Like that like, is high fucking. Like every yeah. like everything that The Descent does about like tension and all that stuff. Obviously, it doesn't do claustrophobia, yeah. but like it, it handles tension better than the. You Descent. know, we haven't ever discussed that, but that's actually kind of an interesting way to slice the list, right? Because we've never like genre and where it fits in the genre. Yeah, like oh. like uh, I, we could go through there and say like uh, on the list, I just added the top documentary, right? Yeah, with Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The highest ranked documentary. And yep. the lowest ranked documentary. No. Well, and, and the lowest. Yeah, and the lowest, yeah. just added both. Yeah, because I was just saying, and it's, I'd say it's better than Resolution 2. So. Good. Yeah. So right under Hook. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think right under Hook is pretty much where it goes. Awesome. And it's, yeah, it's better what than. What was that, his, his name again? Definitely better than. The director. Fede Alvarez. Fede I'm Alvarez. sure not. It's so this is two. This is two wins for Fede on the list. Well, no, but he, he hasn't. Evil Dead isn't actually. Oh, we haven't put yet. It Follows? We haven't. 
No, evil. No, no, no. We didn't do his evil dead. We yeah, did we didn't do his evil dead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. We'll be back, Fetty. We'll be back we'll for be back. you. This time we did it. Scott is Risker on Twitter. Yep. 9to5cc on Twitter. John loves long johns on Twitter. That's your new blog. There's no H's tr- in that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.